and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast, a regular magazine program about East Asian film led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EastonKicks.com, and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hey, Each episode, we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news, and festivals, often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. Welcome to the latest episode. This time, we're talking about Focus Hong Kong once again a newish UK film festival devoted to Hong Kong film, with events coming up in June and July. But before we get on to that, <laughs> we have the very important question. What are you drinking this episode, James? Oh, it's a baking hot day. Uh, it's mm. absolutely like an oven out there, and I've just come down from Scotland, so it's like a it's double bubble. You know. It's <laughs> <laughs> so in light of that, I've got Bell's uh, poured from a hip flask into a glass with a lot of ice and some soda water uh, as well, which is... The aim is to cool myself down. <laughs> and yourself, what's that? That's a so a dark I've got a. Beer. It is a dark looking beer. It is from a company called Elusive Brewing. Okay. It's called I'm gonna be. Uh, oh, so it's got okay, some okay. pixelated bees on there, and it's a honey imperial stout um, with a uh, mild percentage of eleven percent. Eleven percent. That sounds perfect for an absolutely scorching summer's day. A nice, thick, no, black, nice, thick, strong black beer. Mm. <laughs> absolutely cool. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> so let's get on mm. with Focus Hong Kong, and I guess we better uh, straight off the bat. We better uh, yeah, you, you, give full what, disclosure. What is, what is this Focus Hong Kong? Full disclosure. Focus Hong Kong is. <laughs> James and myself. It is, yeah. It is really, it is really just the two of us as well. I mean, we have our other colleague, Chloe, hopefully joining in, but um, apart from that, it really is just the two of us. <laughs> and I, know, I think regular listeners to this show will know that, um, and we talked about this in our very first episode, that, that uh, yeah. we, we came to Asian film, quite a lot of that was through Hong Kong cinema mm, mm, and, yeah. and kind of seeing so much of that. And this is kind of our... A way of, of trying to keep that mm. alive and you know really kind of bring particularly kind of the genre side yeah, of, of yeah. Hong Kong cinema and, and new aspects of cinema uh, of Hong Kong cinema too mm. uh, to the big screen and celebrate it absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely I mean it's an interesting time for Hong Kong cinema we could say as we have gone into quite a lot during <laughs> during other episodes but yeah it, it's both you know, because you see, like, bringing the genre classics through, and a lot of you know, we we do try and get like the remasters because you know quite a few of these films are getting like four K remasters and stuff. So we try and mix screening those, and also because the the really old films are just impossible to actually get a lot of the time. So when you get a remaster, at least you know you've got a good chance of getting a DCP of a film to screen. But it's kind of balancing that with trying to find you know good, um, interesting new films and mm. stuff because we. Without diving too much into the subject, like, uh, you know, it, it, we came from, you know, Chinese Visual Festival first, Focus Hong Kong was kind of part of that, and we were screening uh, Hong Kong films, part of that, and Chinese Visual Festival always had, um, you know, walked a very fine line between doing stuff which would you could say was challenging or controversial from, like, a you know, mainland Chinese point of view, mm. versus how you put genre stuff in there, and we ended up, it was the genre stuff all came from Hong Kong, because there was not really any <laughs> genre cinema from the mainland, so there's always that kind of balance, um, so th- this allows us to do the genre stuff more, but at the same time, we kind of keep a balance of, you know, there's other festivals and other people doing good work with stuff like, you know, activist cinema or documentary cinema and stuff. So we don't really need to go too much into that, uh, yeah, into that yeah. line of things. So it is, it is a way to do genre 
cinema, uh, I think, as much as anything. And hopefully there will be more, you know, new stuff coming, which is good. And I think, you know, we'll talk about these lineups uh, soon, but I think we've managed to, to get some good genre stuff uh, in there. I mean, the word genre covering a multitude of sins anyway, but... <laughs> Mm. So we've got a couple of events coming up. Yeah. We've got uh, some screenings at Garden Cinema in Soho yes. on 24th of June. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we've got some screenings from the 12th to the 15th of July mm. um, at BFI South Bank. Yeah. Very fancy. Uh, returning to both venues once again. We're mm. very big fans of both of those venues. Yes. Um, I mean, let's start with the, the films we've got at Garden Cinema, shall we? So yeah. we have... Memories to choke on, drinks to wash them down. did have this as part of our initial online push didn't we we did we did thanks to thanks to covid we yeah our plans were had to be shifted to online (laughs) yeah so no this was when we wanted to screen uh then in the cinemas definitely um and as you say we had to put it online so it's good to actually be bringing this into a cinema properly because i think this is um i mean i mean kind of talking about that like balance of having a contemporary film uh which is still dealing with social issues Mm. and everything but which isn't massively provocative mm. uh, I guess you could say it's, it's a really interesting anthology yeah uh, just sort of covering you know contemporary Hong Kong so different yeah issues. and it's kind of interesting bounce because there's, mm. there's three fictional stories there's one documentary yes. as part yeah. of it yeah. it is like, it's a really it's a very nice, nice film isn't yeah, it? it's a nice mix of stuff uh, and I think it, it does a really good a lot of the time we get this idea that films either have to be full on like activist type of cinema or completely away from it whereas I think this is one of the ones which actually sort of takes this, some politics in there you, know, you said issues like social issues like your know, immigration there's also you know, economics and that so there it's one of the the few films which I've seen which actually sort of really does try to present like a proper picture of Hong mm. Kong without either steering directly into the the sort of you know, political protest activist cinema but at the same time not necessarily just you know making a complete weird absence of it yeah. at all so it is kind of a mixture of it's just it's described um in text which i think i wrote as being a mix of the per, the political and the personal the fact and fiction uh, which i i think is a pretty good way of, of putting it. and i also like i mean i love the fact that it's 77 minutes long right? i mean i can't i can't get enough of that as you know but uh i i think this is this is a this will mean something to you might not mean something to other people but it doesn't feel like four fresh wave films <laughs> uh you know for anybody who doesn't know fresh wave it's just the the, the ongoing um hong kong's in a short film program which is funded by the government and culture which 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 it's, to it's be fair has kind weird. of changed in in recent years but it's yeah. a kind of shift towards mm-hmm. um you know we're not going to go into that too much mm-hmm. now but i mean part of what you're saying there is it, it, there was definitely a shift towards more stories uh, about the personal and, and not being very con- mm. confrontational or experimental at all, even yeah. um, in terms of subject matter or how it was shot yes, uh, yeah, yeah. It very much kind of shifted and we've had directors and it's great to see all these new directors coming oh, out from the, yeah, the, yeah. the fresh wave and we don't want to sound critical of those people no, no 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 not at all um, a lot of those films are tending to fall into 
doing those same kind of stories about the personal and and intergenerational not, stories yeah, but be, yeah. it became the main thing I mean I haven't seen it uh, I haven't seen this year's um, crop it seems to be it's going to mention online and stuff because cinematographer I worked with is working on uh, at least one of the shorts so um, and that's fine as you say I mean, it's great it gives whatever the situation is it gives young directors a very good because they get a bit of money to make them they get mentoring then they get them screened and then before at least you know we used to screen them a lot at the festival yeah. so it's great anyway but they, they, it'd fallen into just a period um, where I, I guess it was just difficult to take on you know more sort of out there narratives or challenging mm-hmm. narratives so you, you used to get a few genre films uh, now and again they kind of like disappeared off and everything sort of came into the one or two different kinds of and it was, yeah, it, was, it was it was also there was and again we're kind of dwelling on this I don't know how the fresh wave works but they went for a different model so originally there was very much sort of a model of sort of semi-professionals yeah, that's right. and, 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 ver- and then very kind of student mm-hmm. they kind of combined it all but you know, in, in, in some sense, I prefer the days when the, the, the quality levels were absolutely up and down <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you had right. something to kind of react against where yeah, I thought true. part of it, it, it kind of got balanced out and, yeah. you know, all got to a very kind of professional level. Mm-hmm. But but uh, you, you kind of need the spikes there to make it, to kind oh, of shake no. it up a bit. I, I, absolutely. And, that, and the knock-on effect kind of of that was at least some of the directors then went on to make films, which yeah. were essentially like... A, and there still are. Still, we're still, still seeing doing, directors true. coming out of that. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, so many of these films, like uh, When the Light Goes Out and whatever, they're, they're mm-hmm. all, all people who've come out of the process yeah. and done a few films. and So it's it's still very much mm-hmm. where the, the new talent is coming from. No, no, no it's it's great in that respect. And, and yeah, you're right. I don't mean it as a criticism. It's just that it certainly went through a period where most of them were becoming the same. Mm. Um, and so... We then got quite a few feature films which then felt just like extended versions of Freshwood Shorts. So with Memories... To choke on um, none of the four stories actually feel like a fresh wave uh, yeah. I think to me so that's yeah it's being slightly flippant saying they, they don't remind me of fresh wave stories but I, I think it's I think it's good just because it actually feels more like a proper uh, anthology you, you know in that yeah. respect I mean you've had stuff like Septet which is pretty good but I mean Septet's more of a not a puff piece but it is you know it's done for a specific purpose mm. with the, bringing together these different directors and you know, telling none of them to be very adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> whereas, whereas this actually feels quite genuine, I think. If yeah. I think there's, yeah. a, I, you know, I don't like saying, oh, that feels authentic when I'm not really the person to say whether it is or not. But it does, you know, it, it does feel like a, a, a real sort of Hong Kong story from a Hong Kong perspective, the four of them. So, so yeah, very, very, very pleased to be bringing that into the, into the cinema. And it's a great sit on the, on the big screen in the UK yeah, finally. I absolutely. Mean, it's, it's kind of, I think it kind of, because of when it came out, it kind of missed that chance yeah. in a lot of territories as well. Absolutely, yeah. And and the other film is 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 a right old classic. Made in Hong Kong. <laughs> Brooke Chan's 1997 masterpiece. Yes. Debut. Um, really kind of set his stall out. Yeah. It's, a, it's still a very, uh, very, very powerful film. Very, it's still quite a shocking film. Um, and it's, 
again, it's going to touch the, not quite the Hong Kong new wave, but it, it is kind of like a, a youth, sort of quite nihilistic, you know, look at sort of youth in despair mm. or urban alienation and angst post handover. Yeah. Um, I mean, without it becoming a political film or anything in that way, it, it is more like a, I don't know, cultural despair, I think you could describe it as. Yeah. I mean, it definitely came out of that moment, I think. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. whatever you can say. And, and Fruit Chan is definitely. He, his um, his subsequent films have, have, have pretty often come back to that yeah. in some sort of commentary in one way or another mm-hmm. I mean, and, and certain ones don't some of the more recent films don't work as well such as Free Husbands no that wasn't yeah. good but um, I mean he's still got that, that obviously got that kind of fire in what he does but yeah it's, it's great to, to that, yeah, see this on that that's genuinely one of the best I mean if you're taking contemporary Hong Kong cinema the, uh, that almost kind of marks the point. I mean, I love the 1990s and the 80s and stuff, but the 90s Hong Kong cinema was kind of dying, like economically, box office wise. And you, and that's, I mean, not just even like in like, category three, you know, it's not just in like the normal films that like, you could see like this complete decline in quality uh, from about 94 onwards. Uh, there, you know, for so many different reasons, and uh, you know, the, the looming handover was obviously one of them, but also just the economics, everything around the world changing, social conditions, so. This is one of the very few films which came out then. And I think 97, that's when I think you kind of get a line which, after that, you start to get more sort of proper uh, Hong Kong cinema. Uh, kind of re- I mean, it was Infernal Affairs, I guess, which really sort of commercially reinvented Hong Kong cinema. But mm. I think this mm. was the film. And it, it's not something which has lasted because of, because of the handover itself, obviously, with Hong Kong being under, you know, being back into mainland China. Um, but I think that this film as well is such a, not a line in the sand but it's everything about it it's still you know watching it again it's still kind of unbelievable I mean you can see that kind of film being made today mm. in Hong Kong I mean maybe you could but in a, in a more underground kind of way yeah because this you know this actually did get released I mean a lot of the actors in it obviously went on to stuff Fruit Challenge Sam she said Lee, yeah. Sam yeah. Lee yeah. so it, it's still it's a fantastic one and I I've never seen it on the big screen. Mm. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to like, looking forward to actually seeing that on the big screen again myself. That's a film I could watch loads of times uh, over the years. But I suspect it's a good one as well for if you've never for people who've never seen it as well because it's not quite like a genre film. It's not quite an art house film. It's it's got a it's a really quite I shouldn't say quite unique because that's you know not really a phrase but <laughs> it's fairly unique <laughs> you know what I mean it's not it's not quite one nor the other and Hong Kong film fans do tend to either be just sort of hardcore old-fashioned genre fans yeah or, or increasingly now you know people who would watch just like quite normal Chinese language commercial films so and this is one it's not one nor the other it's not it's it's, it's a unique work and yeah it's a masterpiece it's a fantastic film I couldn't recommend it enough, and I think it sits very nicely with memories mm. as well, because you know there's a good um, you know, like 20, 20, more than just over twenty years in between the two of them, yeah, and everything yeah, like yeah. that. So you can, I mean, I'm not saying you would take these, watch those films, and take it as a serious reflection of changes in Hong Kong society, but at the same time, you know, there's definitely something um, yeah. of that in there. So I think it's a very, it's a very well curated double bill by these focus Hong Kong fellas isn't it <laughs> they've done a good job with this one man. I reckon they have <laughs> and, and, and trying to talk about it being not one thing or another and that kind of mm. genre crossing. and that kind of does bring us quite neatly into mm. the July programme yes. that we have at yeah, BFI yeah. South Bank and, and the first film um, Where the Wind Blows mm. 
丢就拉瘪死好家，饼那么小，怎么分？我们的目的是把饼做大，有多少土档、粉档、烟档都定好，没牌照的，一律扫清。Which is by Philip Young. We、yeah. we had the the pleasure of screening uh Port of Call that he did、yeah. um several years back um as part of the BFI. Film the horse. Film the horse. That's right. That's、mm. right. Yeah. Um, and、uh, and this is this is a real kind of big budget kind of、yes. almost kind of Scorsese kind of take on yeah, a、absolutely. certain period of、yeah. um, police、mm. uh, kind of really kind of setting the stall up for kind of police corruption in、mm-hmm. the sort of sixties and into the seventies. Yeah.、Um, at that time, it's um, yeah. I mean, and and I mean. Lots of. I mean, this film has been around.、Uh, it was kind of around for quite a while. It was originally Theory of Ambition. <laughs> Theory of Ambition. Yeah. It was an original title. Yeah. It's got a. Yeah. It's got Tony Leung and、mm. Aaron Kwok as the leads here.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's also got appearance by you know the the legend that is Michael Hoyer as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah.、Um, it's it is a biopic about these two figures that、uh, Tony and Aaron play.、Mm-hmm. Um, I think people you might if you if you do see reviews, people quite often say, <laughs> "Well, I'm not really sure what's going on. I can't yes, really follow、yeah. it." <laughs>、um, and I think you know, for to those people, you know, if you've seen Port of Call, you shouldn't be expecting a linear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is、okay. this is, and it, in some ways, it's it's kind of making it. In some ways, the thing that the the the. And not sorry, it's a criticism, but it's interesting to make this、mm-hmm. about two real people where、mm-hmm. you could quite easily have have, have made、yeah. it a kind of semi-fictional version of what、oh, was happening.、Sure. Um, and I'm not sure that that part of it really, you know, in some ways that doesn't come off great. But you, if、mm-hmm. you've seen Protocol, you know you're not going to get linear. Instead, it's this kind of. Uh, very much kind of a dwelling on memory.、You've、yes, got, exactly, exactly.、Uh, di- different kind of timelines come in and out of the、mm-hmm. film. You've got this. I you know you've got kind of bits which kind of drop into kind of magical realism with、yeah. the, the Aaron Kwok character where he just breaks into <laughs> dance when he starts going out with、um, his fiance、yeah. and and really kind of nice aspects like that. The, the production in it and、mm. the、um, the costumes and the settings、mm-hmm. are so. Are amazing, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely. Kind of, it's it's astounding.、Film. Um, and you know, to the point where I mean, there'll be another sort of criticism of it. You know, unlike most of Scorsese's recent films, we're going to、mm. kind of use that comparison again.、Um, this is one that actually probably could do with having an extra hour to kind of make、yeah. more of that because there's so much. There is a lot going on, but it's the, yeah, it's it's just a. I mean, performances both lead to a great,、mm. great ensemble.、Um, There are one thing I I think you know it, it, there are definitely some nods to some some of the previous work from both、mm. Aaron and Tony. There's there's definitely one scene which is almost shot for shot、um, where Tony is is chatting to、mm-hmm. his his comrade Aaron's、um, wife. You know, how many a meeting? It's not very illicit,、yeah. but definitely with what they're wearing, absolutely、yeah. is 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 is. A, a, more than a nod to any movie for love, but it's all done in a really gorgeous, absolutely yeah, gorgeous absolutely. way. So I mean, it's really nice to have that as an opening film, and, and we were, we've been after it for such a long time. I mean, it was set back what a year or so,、uh, with, maybe a couple of years with because it was originally going to be at the Hong Kong International Film Festival. It was the opening film, and then it had、uh, <coughs> technical problems,、mm. <laughs> and of course, it's been. 
I, I'm not sure exactly to what extent it's been edited and messed around, but it, it definitely has. But I don't. That won't have any bearing on the the narrative stuff you're talking about. And I, but I think people who've been really a bit confused by it. I don't mean this in a, in a pretentious way, but uh, I think they, they were maybe expecting like a Cold War, you know, that kind of film, mm. everything, because when you see the cast and they're thinking it's going to be a much more straightforward like thriller. Yeah. Which, you know, to be fair, it has been pitched a little bit like that, you know, in every way. Because if you hear this is a tale of like corrupt cops and, you know, back in Hong Kong in the 1960s, so mm. shootouts, there's everything you think. You, you, you know, it doesn't really accurately present what kind of film it is. And what you said about it, it's, kind of exploration of like memories and identity mm. uh, as much as anything else and just the changes Hong Kong was was kind of going through uh, in, in what's a very interesting period of history but then sort of viewed through a sort of fragmented like prism of, of, of memory so and as you say like it's just it's production values wise it's just that's yeah, fantastic it's mm. we don't get too many of these big prestige productions from Hong Kong Certainly not recently, and as you said, this is this is slightly older now. And it's only just coming out now. But yeah, it, we don't. It's been a while since we got sort of big prestige productions like that coming from. Hong yeah, it's Kong. true. It's true. So yeah, yeah. It's great to see it like that, and yeah, it's it's a really good one to have the UK premiere of to uh, to open the our, our BFI stint. Yeah. And then moving on, the the next film is the biggest hit. From Hong Kong this year? Um, Biggest hit Hong in Hong Kong. It was a time of writing. Marco,有什么高见啊? <笑> 认识几个大老板，学学炒股票，学学炒楼，有一身心嘛。我宁愿被人打，好过被天说。你这条路很艰难的。你还记不记得当年学法律是为什么呀？ Uh, a guilty conscience. Which, which, which was released in um uh in the UK which, at the beginning yeah. of the year. Yes. And, and we, uh, yes, we, we might have missed it, um, but not, not we are making fault. Not yeah. through our fault. And it was also, that was also the film, which amusingly, we, there was an article in, in, in Screen mm. where somebody talked about it having made 150,000 in the UK. Mm. And I remember the, just checking through that and finding, no, 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 someone's got the zeros wrong. <laughs> well, I think they were, they were talking, yeah, they were talking in dollars. Hong, in Hong Kong dollars. Yes, or not, dollars, so not, they not US about. dollars. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, but that, that's, that's an aside. Yeah, it's been the biggest. You know, I'm sure it will be one of the biggest hits of the year, even if something mm. else comes along, and it does it. Um, so yeah, that, that's it'll still be very popular because I I'd be very surprised if many people knew it actually got released. <laughs> <laughs> and it's um so you've got Dae Wong. Mm. It's a courtroom drama. I mean, this is kind of a it kind of shift back to kind of that was a big thing in the eighties for for Hong Kong, wasn't it? So yeah, there was quite a, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah there was the Dini Yip and. Mm. Um, Andy Lau, the yes. one there that they did together. Yeah, when, <laughs> when that kind of stuff was becoming really popular on the TVB, then mm. these obviously just led to film versions of stuff as well. But you, yeah, you're right. It's got, you know, and it's a good sort of an underdog type of story. And again, it's one where it's, it still deals with like social issues and social criticism, um, you know, both in terms of how it looks at the Hong Kong justice system or, or sort of wide, or more widely like the elites and the rich and everything like that. So it's, it, it's that good... You know, he, you know, he's a, a pretty 
negligent lawyer. <laughs> anyway, and he, so it's kind of the whole thing's kind of his fault from the start. Anyway, we won't you know won't see where it goes, but um, uh, it, it is got that sort of classic underdog story but you know a lawyer trying to challenge the, the elites and everything to get off an innocent woman so it's yeah i i can imagine that's going to be very popular here too mm. uh, so we'll it's another good one to have as well and it's it's you know it's a courtroom drama but it's still very nicely shot uh and it's it, it looks quite uh what's the word slick mm. uh, i guess you see good production values throughout so it's yeah that's another nice one to be screening and moving on, I mean, this will be on a Friday night. Friday night is Friday night. We've got <laughs> Let It Ghost. Which is yeah. kind of continuing this kind of rebirth of the horror anthology, which is was yeah. so. I mean, yeah. You know, so again, you'd have heard James talk about this before. Uh, being <laughs> a massive, <laughs> a massive fan yeah. of the Troublesome Night franchise, but yeah. it's nice to see that you know this kind of coming back after mm-hmm. um, some kind of a, a few attempts in between haven't really stuck, like Tales from the Dark, Tales from the Tales from Dark Part One and Two, and then there's the other one which. It's so average. I can't remember its its full name, but it's uh, which is effectively a troublesome night film. Yeah, uh, from two thousand seventeen. But yeah, we've had uh, Tales from the Occult, which was a lot of fun, and and again we screened this. We screened the first one, yeah. Yeah, so um, yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to kind of see this coming on, and, and and to have the same kind of mix. You know, we've got mm. ghosts in shopping malls and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, folklore and all that sort of stuff coming in, yeah, mix yeah. of comedy and horror, which mm. is all you, all the kind of things that we want from. Yeah, it's very, very, very classic Hong Kong um, gen genre blending, uh, I guess you'd say, because you know it is. Uh, I mean, it's. I'm not going to say it's frightening because you know I'm too, I'm too manly to to admit that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's got like it's got a mix of like proper horror, yeah, and sort of bizarre sometimes a bizarre mix of comedy which ranges from very low brow to, to actually quite clever satire um, mm. so you've got a real mix of stuff in there but at the same time you've got it's like good Hong Kong tradition of kind of really reflecting current social issues and anxiety through like something which initially seems quite stupid you, you yeah. know this kind of horror stuff so I think it works on quite a few different levels and it's yeah it's sort of wild and wacky in a <laughs> good sense for that so it, and I totally agree it's great to see this kind of film being made and it's good I mean it's great that we're screening with the UK premiere but it was at Rotterdam as well mm. and quite a few other festivals so hopefully that will you know encourage people to, to make more of this I mean we'll see how long Hong Kong is able to make supernatural films because obviously you know, famously that's, that's banned in China you can't make anything about ghosts or the supernatural so we'll see so it may not be a trend which lasts too long but I do hope we'll see a few more yeah, of definitely. this kind of film because it's one of my Hong Kong spooky stuff is still <laughs> That was, I mean, it was that and probably, you know, John Woo films, I guess, which really got me into Hong Kong stuff in the first place before even like martial arts or anything like Mm. that. You know, some of the spooky stuff is still, still fantastic today, even looking back at it. And this is a great, it's a great mix of old school, but it it is very much updated to the present day. Yeah. So it's, yeah, very effective film. And then lastly, our closing film, uh, 
um, which is another one I'm, I'm really happy that we, mm, we've gone on screening. Absolutely. It's a 4K restoration and uh, stroke director's cut of Nomad yep. from 1982, uh, directed by Patrick Tam, mm-hmm. and one of the first kind of proper leading roles for Leslie Chiang. Yes, it, it, and, it, it, and this yeah. is the kind of, kind of partly to... Um, to mark the anniversary of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. twenty years of of Leslie Young's death, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a big number. Um, mm. And but yeah, I mean it's it's great to be to be showing this. I think I mean, the kind of the director's cut is because I think that the originally it was mm. quite heavily it was heavily edited. censored. Which was, yeah. I have to admit, like I hadn't realised at the time when I first you know I saw this many many years ago, uh, and I hadn't realised that at the time because I don't know people didn't really talk about stuff like that quite quite so much then but it, yeah it was heavily i believe not just censored but edit you know edited as well like some parts were moved around and stuff so this is you know so he's you know, the director's fixed it himself mm. so, so this actually is it's not a director's cut as in oh great here's another you know marvel film which is now half an hour longer to be f- which to be fair patrick sham has has, yeah. has has done in the past he as has well. yeah, director's cut after this Eric and i've only seen a director cut of that i haven't seen the other i didn't think yeah. it's one i would ever want to watch both versions of i mean it's <laughs> no. a great film but yeah. i i don't think it's the kind of film we rewatch so i only watched the long version uh, which was very good but i've never seen the short version and he's a really important director i mean he's one he of the is. first kind of of what 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 was known as the the new wave directors yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to emerge and and to merge successfully mm-hmm. quite fully formed in a sense where mm-hmm. I think some of the other directors like Anne Hoy and like Chung mm-hmm. um, uh, their works were they were good but they yeah. were still kind of finding their feet. You think about him starting and, and with stuff like the sword. Yes, you know, and, yes, uh, and, yeah. and films like that. Which I mean, I have to say, if we we'd had a, a chance to have a bigger season, I would have loved to have, have, have put the sword on. I oh, think of I've course, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Great... Maybe in the future, one day. Yeah, because you know? I think I think Nomad's a film which will have legs for more screenings, and the same way mm. like with old dear old comrades, almost a love story. And it's good, yeah. You know, I mean, from the Leslie Chang point of view, I mean, everybody we know, I mean, Leslie Chang films do get an audience both from mm. from. Uh, people from Hong Kong and from the UK who you know those of us who who remember him and love him anyway. So it's always pretty reliable that that we will get yeah we will get feet football or whatever they call it yeah for for these screenings. But we'll be very disappointed. If this is one that's kind of a bit under the radar. It's never it's always kind of have it's yes. it's never had great DVD releases. I mean I've got one of them here which is oh wow. just fine my entertainment. Um, but yeah it's not. It, it, it's great to kind of see it come out again and actually kind of, you know, hopefully get a bit yeah. more exposure. I hope, yeah, and as you said, it was, a, it was a very interesting time because he was kind of, in 82, he was still, you know, technically with the Shaw Brothers uh, mm. uh, as well. And even after that, he was still turning up in smaller roles and pretty stupid, well, stupid is harsh, but mm. like Little Dragon Maiden, you know, where he fights giant kung fu bird. It's technically the fifth Brave Archer film. Uh, <laughs> so he's still, uh, that, it, it's an interesting time just because this is, Probably his first sort of fully formed dramatic role, and it is kind mm. of an ensemble film um, as well. There are a lot of characters, you know, basically just following a bunch of youths around. Um, yeah. So, but this is his first like proper proper role, and after this one, he did a few more sort of youth youth picks, I guess you could call mm. them, for the Shaw Brothers. Um, was it behind behind, behind the, the, uh, the, the, the line with Maggie Chung. Yeah. So he did he did a few films like Teen was it Teenage Dream or something like that, so mm. which I haven't seen. Um, but yeah, it comes. It's it's good to sort of look back at his uh, these kind of early films, and I think this is his first good 
early film. Not good, early, I mean, good performance in an early yeah, film. This yeah, is, this is I mean, you got, he got, uh, got nominated for it? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Uh, this was his first nomination. Yeah. So he, he's, he, he is very good. And it, it's a great story. And it is, I mean, the Hong Kong New Wave is always a bit um, nebulous, I think, in terms of, you know, there's a few key directors. But aside from that, there's quite a lot of stuff which gets lumped in it, which I don't think really is, and there's some stuff which doesn't, which I think it is. is. But yeah, yeah. This is this is one of the most sort of Hong Kong new wave, new wave films. Yeah, this is definitely. one of the most ones. It's got that kind of, you know, that kind of uh, snobbish sort of French feel to it. Not, yeah, it's it's it's, 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 you know I mean? it's probably edgy. It's not it's not a. Yeah, it feels like some yeah. nouvelle vague. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't mean the film is pretentious. I just mean the French thing is pretentious. But it is the one. I, I think which most sort of ties into you know that whole sort of new wave uh, yeah. idea even just dealing you know it covers a lot of stuff you know, dealing with uh, the sort of in a very different way to obviously made in Hong Kong but like youth attitudes towards the future and this was at a time when uh, you know Hong Kong was kind of you know, between like Chinese culture Japanese culture other cultures Western culture so it was you know there, there was a lot of um, identity issues for, for young people trying to figure out what they wanted to do where mm. they wanted to go so it's got a it's got a mix of some really down-to-earth stuff in there yeah but still has a narrative yeah you know so no that's a fantastic film and 4k no less so so yeah so i mean that's that's it for for summer but that's um, it for summer uh, yeah uh, it is that is it for summer because i'm and, and we'll i mean yeah we'll, we'll say it now we'll, we'll be around at the garden cinema and uh beer we will. Bank we'll, we'll be there for the screen so you know uh we'll see you a, a drink at the bar yes if you, I, mean, <laughs> I mean as in people will buy us drinks yes that's <laughs> we're not buying <laughs> drinks for people <laughs> no, don't, don't perish the thought um no no it, it's a good i'm very happy with what we've, it's been a lot of work but i'm very happy with the both these, you know, both yeah, these programs yeah. and everything. Because I think, realistically, at the moment, the way audiences in London and events are, it doesn't quite feel like a, a wonderful time to do, like, one big festival, mm. like a big week-long thing. Uh, at the moment, I, I think leaning into these smaller programs is a better idea. And I'm hoping, you know, hopefully next year, I mean, I hope, you know, hopefully we'll do at least one more thing this year, later in the year. But yeah. I like that idea of sort of gradually trying to build up uh, audiences rather than doing that one big thing disappear yeah. to change new year disappear again for a while yeah so i think this is um a good direction uh, for us to be going in with it and hopefully we'll continue to have this uh it's important to have this like balance of the old stuff and the new stuff when, when we can get it mm. um if we can track down the old stuff if it's not remastered that is i mean <laughs> speaking of you know, well comedy, i mean uh, yeah i mean so it, it's not just it being comedy. remastered it's, it's some of the stuff that that in some territories is remastered but yeah the rights are only yes available for hong kong or southeast asia or, or, or nobody's then... clear about it <laughs> <laughs> which is the case for a lot of these films so um one day we'll manage to get a screening of a better tomorrow a better for, tomorrow of course that's the one which always comes up um because no one tried so hard but then we tried for years to get comrades and we eventually did so who's laughing can... who's laughing now? who's laughing now <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah but no that's yeah, it's a good program, and hopefully we'll you know get a lot of people there. And if anyone wants to come along and chat, and if people actually have any suggestions for films, old films you'd like us to program, come and tell us, and we'll tell you why we can't get them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for now. Um, yeah. So if you want to see, uh, join us at Garland Cinema on the twenty fourth of yep. June, 
and BFI South Bank mm-hmm. from 12th to the 15th of yes. July. Yes. You can find it on our website, focushongkong.uk, mm-hmm. um, and see all the latest listings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna, it's probably going to be very hot and sunny, so there's a good time to get out of the, this infernal baking heat. And into the air-conditioned confines of a <sighs> exactly. tiny box cinema. I can't honestly. That just sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> Being absolutely roasted the whole time, and I'm sure I'll still be feeling this way in a week. So, <laughs> got to get used to it. You got to use it when you dance. I'm off to, off, you... to, off to Taiwan, and soon, so I'm gonna get melt. I'll get roasted here, then melted in Taiwan. I, uh, what's gonna happen, man? Yeah, you're in a worse time as well. It's I know. Be terrible. In, in I know. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> right. Anyway. So that's it for now. Don't forget you can find all of our previous episodes on Apple, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. Mm. Subscribe now and you'll never miss an episode. But for now, cheers. Yeah, cheers. See you at the bar. <laughs>